Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is September 15th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Hopefully you're having an amazing day yourself. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday to you. Looks like we made it to the weekend, baby. Uh, let's see. Um, I have no food corner to report. Nothing going on. You know, we're just hanging out, just enjoying, enjoying our life, enjoying our day. Uh, so let's see here. I don't, I don't want to keep you too long. I want to preamble too long here. So we'll go ahead and I'm going to do my classic little startup and we'll talk about some news. Actually excited. I, I mean, I'm generally excited when I, you know, press play to get, get started. But, um, you know, some stories definitely just get me riled up in a, in a good, positive way. And, you know, I'm like, let's do this. So I'm, I'm very excited to talk about a couple of these, at least one in particular. Yes. And then another story that's an L, definitely sad about for sure. But, you know, let's let's get started. Oh, yeah. Our first story is from Reuters. UAW automakers to resume talks as strike starts to create part shortage. So here we go. We're doing strike talk, baby. And I got to say, this one, it just feels dynamic. There's something about this one. Uh, the Not that the other ones were less important or any, you know, more or less dynamic. Actually, some shit I might want to hit on about the uh, SAG after shit after I get done with this. But that's a little bit of an aside. <coughs> Uh, the United Auto Workers said it plans to resume bargaining on Saturday after the union launched simultaneous strikes at three factories owned by General Motors, Ford Motor, and Chrysler parent Stellantis on Friday. So um, essentially their, um, their deal, uh, the contract ended as of uh, Thursday of like midnight or uh, yeah, I believe for Thursday, you know, Friday morning, essentially. And um, yeah, um, Sean Fein, Fain, I think I'm getting his name wrong already. But um, he, I gotta say, I really like this dude's style, but uh, let me read a little bit more. Uh, the walkouts at the Detroit Three, or the Big Three, as you'll probably hear me call them, uh, by 12,700 workers, kicking off the most ambitious U.S. industrial labor action in decades, are halting production of the Ford Bronco, which I'm surprised they still make those, but they do. Um, the Jeep Wrangler and Chevrolet Colorado. I just wanted to call it Chevy Colorado. <laughs> uh, along with other popular models, uh, though the action was smaller than some inspected. Also, fun fact, uh, apparently 80, maybe most people just already know this, but... I at least think it might be 80% of all cars, but it's at least out of like, you know, these three uh, car providers, most of the things that they make, vehicles they make are like SUVs and trucks. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of surprising just because like uh, my whole life, I've only driven like four door, you know, little compact cars. Like that's all I've driven. And, you know, I've always been surrounded by these big cars and, you know, some of my friends like driving big cars and things of that nature. 
Um, but yeah, apparently, you know, there's a thing called car bloat, car like inflation. Like, I don't know, like essentially just cars just getting vehicles getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, yeah, um, so now we're just all making these big, big old SUVs, but we're not making them right now because people are walking out. But uh, this is a very dynamic uh, strike. Uh, essentially, it starts now, um, you know, with a certain amount of people walking out. But uh, what Sean Fain is calling this, or yeah, he's calling it a stand-up strike. So essentially, um, you know, out of these three, you know, organizations, some are going to walk out now and they're going to be on strike. And then others are going to walk out at another different point. You know what I mean? So essentially, it's going to do billions of dollars worth of damage to these companies in terms of like just holding out and not coming to the table and negotiating properly. But, you know, this is going to be something that's like very dynamic. It almost feels like uh, guerrilla warfare tactics. And I don't know. I think this is something that's going to keep, uh, you know, these ugh, these CEOs, these motherfucking top motherfuckers on their toes uh, as they need to be. I mean, they're essentially complaining and bellyaching like, Oh, well, the demands that they want are just going to make us non-competitive to, like, uh, companies like Tesla. Like, we're just if, – if we give them what we are receiving – because essentially the question that's being asked, and, and Sean Fain put it to him in one of the demands, was like, hey, we want the same thing that you CEOs are making, which is a 40% raise. Like, you guys got that raise. Meanwhile, we've been chomping at the bit for 15 years because – you know, for so long, you guys have been crying poverty saying, oh, we're not making money. We're not making money. But the next thing you know, we're looking at these just these super huge profit margins like you guys are on the rise making tons of money, but we aren't seeing it. These CEOs are seeing it. These shareholders are seeing it, but not us. What the fuck is up? And I mean, their response is like, oh, well, we'll give you a 20 percent and we won't meet all the demands that you want. And we're not going to really do anything about this two-tier system or tier system that they have, essentially making it so it's like, look, and it's, 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 it's so fucked up and sick how it's like designed to be like, hey, we're going to reward the long-standing employees, right? We're going to give you guys like almost like the seniority buff. And like you guys are going to make sure you always get yours, like you're grandfathered in. But for the new people, they're kind of going to get less and just have to deal with it. Less benefits, um, less pay. And they're just going to have to be okay with that. And, you know, but you guys are going to get taken care of. And that kind of shit makes a division within the factories. And, like, you know, that's not right. Like, at the end of the day, it's good to see people seeing through that kind of fucking shit and saying, no, these kids, these young people, they shouldn't have it harder than we had it. They should be making more money. It's even harder to live right now. Like, they, they talk and, and interview people and they're like, look, I don't have enough, like, to make ends meet right now. And it's already going to be hard for me to go on strike. Sure, I'm going to be making like half of a paycheck. But essentially, I got to do this so that like I can make money for my family in the future. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just like how this this is designed. There's a lot of demands. They are really shooting for the ceiling here. And I respect that because th that is the spirit of this. Like you have to know that you have to shoot for what you guys are worth. And and know that you're gonna have to sadly compromise from there. And I think it's ridiculous that these these you know shareholders or not my shareholders, the CEOs, you know, the people at the negotiating table are like, oh, well, we're doing the best we can. It's the same thing. Just you know, once again, talking about Sagastra, it's the same thing of like we they sat on their hands, they ignored the fucking proposals, 
And that's why I like, once again, referencing Sean Fain, he's been really upfront, really social about this shit, saying what's happening behind closed doors, which most like presidents, leaders and unions and stuff don't do. It's typically a faux pas. Uh, I listened to a thing on the journal and essentially like, like his almost like introduction, he's like, look, normally the president comes on these negotiations and shakes these three people's hands. I'm not going to start this off that way because they haven't done anything for us or by us. So I'll shake their hand when we have an agreement. How about that? And he's just kept that energy throughout. He's like literally like gone on social media and say, hey, look, this is the, the this is what their counterproposal is. This is what I think about. It. This is where I'm going to file it. And he just throws it in the trash, rips it up, whatever. And it's like, fuck yeah, dude. Fuck these motherfuckers. Um, he's invited to the cookout because... Um, he listens to Public Enemy, and I, like, fucking love that. Um, you know, he's got Fight the Power. is like, one of his, like, you know, uh, what is it, uh, Strike Playlist songs. I'm like, yeah, we fuck with that. Um, so, yeah, he's making good moves. He's making good statements. I fuck with it. Uh, I like this setup of the strike. I can't stress that enough. Uh, I really hope it goes well, and I really am rooting for these union workers. I, I cannot stress this enough that this is a very much a union stand podcast. Like, yes, I know unions are not perfect. I know that there are flaws. But at the end of the day, this is something that is the true betterment of all of us. If unions do well, we do well. And it's good to see these unions off their ass and actually fighting for people. That's what I fucking care about. That's why I want to fucking talk about it. That's why it's frontline and sinker. And I'm talking about it maybe a little too much. Sorry. Uh, but once again, SAG-AFTRA, um, recently the Drew Barrymore show has been catching some heat. Uh, they threw out some people protesting with, uh, SAG after shirts, like protesting or whatever, like writer stuff or whatever. And, um, I think it's because they are like doing something that's low key, like scabby, essentially like, oh, we're going to actually make content without the writers. Like we're, we're at a point now where we just need to do that if we don't. Their excuse for Drew Barrymore show and then also Bill Maher's shitty fucking show. I don't know what the fuck he's doing on HBO, but it's a thing. Uh, essentially, he's like, yeah, for the sake and the, the, you know, for our people, our staff, we have to like, you know, keep making work and, you know, making content, whatever. And uh, so, yeah, they're catching backlash for that a little bit. People are like, you're fucking scum. Um, and, you know, hey, it's a bummer that Drew Barrymore had to catch a hot one. But, hey, you do what you do. I mean, whether or not you're okaying it or just, like, a willing participant or silent participant. And fuck Bill Maher. That motherfucker knows what he's doing. That motherfucker know what he's doing. So, yeah, fuck it. Sorry. Sorry about it. Um, people are going to boo you if you do that shit. Uh, let's move along, though. I know I'm, I'm getting clogged. I'm getting gummed up. <laughs> uh, from the Associated Press. Explosion at world's largest rail yard in Nebraska prompts evacuations because of heavy toxic smoke. An explosion inside a shipping container at the world's largest rail yard prompted evacuations in western Nebraska Thursday because of the toxic smoke generated when one of the chemicals on board caught fire. Around noon, an explosion occurred inside an intermodal container on a rail car at Union Pacific Bailey Yard in North Platte, though it wasn't clear what caused the explosion. Um, let's see. No one was injured and no cars derailed. So, you know, this is some good news, uh, though, you know, I'm concerned, you know, potentially just when you're talking about the chemicals 
Uh, that's always concerning. That's scary. Uh, I do like, yet again, in this article, they, you know, they see trains, they see explosions, uh, you know, rural-ish area. Of course, Ohio gets mentioned. Of course, they're going to reference us. So, yeah, that gets mentioned at the end of this article. So, of course, I had to talk about it, too. But um, the uh, one of the containers involved was carrying perchloric acid, which is used in explosives as well as a variety of food and drug products. Love that sentence. I feel like I want a whole article about that part. Like, how do we make that happen? Because that's pretty interesting, fascinating, uh, kind of scary. But that being said, that was involved in an explosion, and that doesn't seem good to maybe have in the air and, and stuff. But I mean, no one's saying that there's anything like to worry about, but they did clear out the area in terms of like, you know, evacuating, you know, the near area, stuff like that. Um, let's see, one of the volunteers who was working inside the Golden Spike Tower Thursday said the North Platte Telegraph newspaper, uh, or told the North, North Platte Telegraph newspaper that he saw a big ball of flame billow up while someone, uh, while he was talking to someone. Um, so yeah, that would be friggin' scary. Um, but yeah, that's all you really have there. Like I said, it's good that no one was hurt. Um, it doesn't seem like there was any, like, you know, crazy collateral damage or anything like that. Uh, it does seem like it's contained. But yeah. Um, let's move on to another explosion, another aftermath, fallout. Uh, from the blow, the blow Bible. From the bro, from the bro Bible. Excuse me. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis find $1 million by SCC by ripping people off with an NFT cartoon. Okay, so let's let's get in, because this is technically a little bit of a double whopper special. The public image of Hollywood power couple Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis has continued to take a beating this week as the pair have now been fined $1 million by the SEC. According to an official press release from the Securities and Exchange Commission, Kutcher and Kunis owe $1 million in fines after they were found to be found to have been making unregistered offers to crypto asset securities and misleading investors for their new series Stoner Cats, which I'm not quite sure what the fuck it is. Like, it seemed like it was almost like a show, like an animated show with like cats, like I don't know if this is like a regular show meets Aristocat situation or what have you. It seemed like one of those flash in the pans ideas. I don't know how the NFT factors in here, but essentially they're saying, hey, you get in here, you're going to make money, money, money. And, you know, there's a slew of celebrities that have gotten dinged for this fucking kind of shit. But it's crazy that in this week, they... <laughs> They got dinged for this, and I, 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 this is what I wound up covering them for, but essentially they were in for what I think the public opinion would deem much harder shit that I was just going to let the betters cover, you know what I mean? But now we got to talk about it all. Uh, the announcement from the SEC comes after the pair have been dragged through the mud in recent days for their decision to write letters in support of convicted rapist Danny Masterson. So yeah, um, after Masterson... Um, you know, sentencing came out and everything. It was leaked, revealed, what have you, that um, Aston Kutcher, Milo uh, Kunis, they both made these like apology letters or whatever for uh, Danny Masterson. And it's just very weird. Like, we talked about this a little bit with Iggy Azalea and what is it, Tori Lanes, how she did this. And it's so crazy because. 
they came out with like a calling Ballinger kind of response, oh, we're sorry video, we didn't mean to hurt anybody video, because they just got massive backlash. Like literally victims came out and said, oh, this is so fucked up. I can't believe like someone like Ashton Kutcher who says and, you know, does all this, 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 um, you know, um, human rights, you know, tra human trafficking, like activism and all this kind of shit. Um, you know, here he is defending Danny Masterson. It, it was just, just so terrible. This, like, just is so fucking foobar for them. Um, let's see. I do not believe he is an ongoing harm to society, and having his daughter raised without a parent or without a present father would, um, would a territory injustice in and, a, in and of itself. This is just, uh, the parts of the letter, um, that he said in defense of Masterson. There's, like, another thing where he's like, oh, yeah. Danny Masterson, like, would keep me away from weed, which is, like, fucking crazy, like, because uh, essentially, like, Hyde, the Danny Masterson's character, was a pot-smoking, like, that was a guy who got him weed all the time, even though, you know, they, you never see them smoke, they're in a circle with smoke, whatever, but at the end of the day, he's trying to say, like, oh, man, no, Danny was, like, keeping me away from that kind of stuff. In fact, if there was, like, a guy who, like, said, oh, yeah, I deal this or that, like, he would tell me not to talk to him at all. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, it was just, it's a very much like a dare style thing. And it's like, it's, it, it, they are ignoring the, the charges at hand here. Like what, what he is being sentenced for. And it's like, ah, but you know, he's such a cool guy. Like he's like a big brother to us. So it's crazy. It's crazy that in this week, all of this has happened here. And it's just like, bleh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the news really provided um, let's see, the project, back to the NFT, the Stoner Cats, whatever the fuck that is, uh, the product sold more than 10,000 NFTs, which is non-fungible tokens, if you've forgotten, you know, I know it's been a long crypto winner, um, for a profit of $8 million in order to finance the animated series, okay, uh, but in doing so, the SEC claimed they violated the Securities Act of 1933 by offering and selling these crypto assets securities to the public in an unregistered offering that was not exempt from registration. Uh, let's see here. The series creative team allegedly claimed that the advantage of purchasing one of their NFTs was that the buyer could resell it at a much higher value in the future, which is apparently a complete lie because they're like worth zero dollars right now. Um... <laughs> Man, I still remember, I think it was, like, Seth Green got his, like, shit stolen, and he, like, went out of his way and, like, paid so much money just to get it back, and now it's worth even less. Yikes, dude. So many fucking shitty stories, man. These celebrities just getting burnt or just, like, burning other people. Like, oh, it just feels bad, man. But then you're also like, ah, it's celebrities. Fuck them, man. But it's just, like... People also bought into this that were just normie people, and they, like, put their investments into that. And I was like, yikes, dude. Fucking, I hate to say it, but it's cringe, dude. Like, I, I can't imagine. Uh, look, I bought a Dogecoin. I'll, I'll confess. I, I bought parts of Doge. Um, but, look, I got out. I got out, and I didn't look back. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that diamond hand shit. That's for fucking basement redditors i don't i don't know man um anyway we got other shit to cover um let's see i'm gonna go ahead and hit the fryer and then we're gonna go ahead and do this last story from the insider
Okay. Whew. McDonald's fans are mourning the loss of self-serve soft drinks, saying it's the end of an era and a tremendous loss. Yo, I it is fucked up if you ask me. I think this is ridiculous. This is I don't know. It it, it it's making me mad. But it is what it is. McDonald's is nixing its self-serve soft drinks and customers are expressing their dismay. How am I supposed to mix, or how am I going to mix 60 milliliters of every single soda in one cup to create one super drink? Hallie Palamo wrote in a Facebook comment. This is a tremendous loss. Uh, Crazy that they're using a Facebook uh, for reference. Usually it's almost always from X. Um, But hey, you know, they, they said, hey, let's go ahead and use the old FB. Um, the fast food chain told franchises it would retire self, uh, self-serve drink stations by 2032. Now, they say 2032, but there are already, um, McDonald's that are saying, hey, like, this is broken or it's down, you know, we're only going to be doing, um, you know, I don't know, what is it, um, server refills. And essentially... You know, they're saying, hey, it's for sanitary reasons. It's, you know, it's definitely for the best. There's some customers that are like, yeah, there's, I've seen them and they have mold and all that kind of stuff. And like, you know what? You're totally right. Because I've actually talked, you know, some of my friends have been in the, you know, been in the industry. And they're like, yeah, don't get the sweet tea, at least from this place. And it's like, oh, okay, why? And they're like, because it was filled with mold more times than not. And we rarely cleaned it. And it's like, oh, good to know. And that definitely like was like made me back to like a Coke stand. Cause I'm like, hey, that shit is like made in a lab cold. It's super great. And hopefully they're cleaning it because it's like, you know, that's their flagship drink, right? But anyway, essentially now, instead of the, um, you know, self-serve, you gotta go up to the register, Give them your drink, and they're going to run it, and they're going to, like, you know, do that. Or maybe they, if it's sanitary, then they would definitely just give you a new one, by the way. So it's definitely not for sanitary. That's exactly how it goes down. But, um, you know, I don't like this because you're either going to have to hop in the line to get it, or you're going to have to be that guy who's sitting on the side, like, oh, excuse me, excuse me, can I get a, I, I need a little refill, please, please, I have a, I get a Coke. And, 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 like, you know, you can't get your mixed drink anymore. You can't, you can't spice it up, so that's fucking an L. Um... So yeah, I, I definitely hate this. This is this is a tomato town situation. Boo, this sucks. Um, uh, like there's some people like, oh, it'll stop theft. I'm like, fuck you, fuck you, make fuck you, dude. Like it's a drink. I don't care if someone gets a water cup and they walk over and get a Coke. You know what I mean? Like good for you, good for you. Um, you know I'm gonna miss it at the end of the day. It's 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 a minor loss, sure. And honestly, I haven't been going to too much fast food, which is, oh, they're teasing me. I think they're like doing like, it's like National Cheeseburger Day. And I think they're like, like 50 cent cheeseburgers, which is crazy. That's a crazy value. And I love cheeseburgers. <laughs> I love a cheeseburger. But um, no, that's it. That's really all I have for this Friday. Um, let's see, I got to shill for a little bit. Patreon.com, so this News. If you'd like to support and become a newsie. Uh, I shout you out on the uh, top of the month. I say your name, and I shout out a project you're on, if that's what you like. And then also, I have a Google Mail. That's right, a Gmail. <laughs> IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. Send me some feedback. Uh, chit-chat with me. That's a that's a way to do that for free. Uh, also, you can follow, interact with me or the podcast on the socials. Um, feel free to find me out there. Surf the web. 
uh, while you're surfing, please subscribe to the YouTube. It means a lot to me. does a lot for the effort. Uh, thumbs up. All the stars. Comments are great. We'd love to see it. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully, I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.